I had a rough last bit of the week. Um, I, haven't, I haven't been feeling well. And um, one of the challenges with uh, not feeling well, Kristen is gone. Kristen's actually, she's coming back later this morning. And when Kristen is gone, I don't, just don't sleep well. It's just how it works. But what I discovered um, this time when she left, she left on Tuesday, um, I didn't sleep well and then I started to feel sick because you know you're not sleeping, you're weak and your body is just susceptible to the flu. And I think like 98% of the church got the flu this week. Like there's a whole bunch of families that got really sick um, this past week. Well, I caught it because my body and my system was weak. And what happened in my weakness and um, my difficulty sleeping is this. It was that when I would close my eyes, I had anxiety. I would try to sleep, but I would close my eyes and I would have anxiety because I thought, okay, I'm ill and there's all these things that I'm not keeping up with and not doing and not actively a part of. I missed one meeting this week that was an important meeting. I missed a a time with a friend that was going to be a fun time. And I missed another dinner last night because I haven't been feeling well all week. And in my not missing all of those things, I'd had anxiety. I'm missing these things. I got to catch up. I got to make this up to people. And I really, you know, just felt a burden. And then this morning I came to church and I was just talking with Mario. And Mario shared with me this morning that he had the exact same thing all week. He got ill anxiety, couldn't sleep. He said he maybe got, what, three, four hours last night, Mario? One night this week, I got two. Another night this week, I got three hours of sleep. And I thought about that just for a minute this morning. And I'm not trying to over, you know, overthink this or over-spiritualize anything. But when I look at what was presented this morning, go tell it on the mountain with this music, proclamation of the gospel, starting a series that speaks about hope. He's on planet earth, the story of the incarnate Jesus coming that we might have life. When I think about where we are as a community, we're right in the process of doing some interviews in terms of a new worship director and worship leadership for the future, perhaps having a new person on board within the next three to four, four weeks. When I think about where my family is and where we are as a community, there is no question to me that what happened this week was spiritual. I am burdened. Mario is burdened. Others in this community are burdened that God might continue to make his presence known powerfully through the work that we are doing we are doing in our community and where we are a part of proclaiming the gospel through things like carols and cocoa through speaking of hope through through things like thinking about the future for worship leadership there is going to be a battle and i'm simply asking this that you pray for leadership that you pray for our community that you pray for those who are involved in making some of the decisions for the future, that you pray protection upon us. Because there is, I carry this anxiety. And I, I mean it like when I say, I, it, it's a burden. And there are others who do too. 
And for us to enter into this season of Advent with hope that God is present in our midst, that Christ has come, that we might have life, that the hope that we know is not in a parade or in a Santa Claus or in gift giving or even the fun stuff of gathering for Christmas parties and all the warmth of a Christmas tree and a fireplace on, that none of those things are the source of our salvation Instead, it is him, Jesus Christ. And we are going to be a community that proclaims that and speaks that fully and completely with with naked abandon. We want Jesus Christ to be known. And because of that, the battle comes. Pray for our community. Pray that God might be present in us and with us as we are part of proclaiming the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. What we're doing throughout Advent is we are going to concentrate on this hope, this hope that comes to us in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We're just going to be spending some time in the Gospel of John in chapter 1, thinking about this story of who Jesus is and how he came to earth. Not the classic Christmas story of Luke, chapter 2, instead, the different story of John, chapter 1. As we do that this morning, we, uh, let's pray together. And I, I ask that you turn your hearts toward, towards God as he speaks to you of the hope of Advent. Father, be present with us. Make your, make your presence powerfully known. Speak your words. Open our hearts. I pray for those this morning, Lord, who are here seeking comfort, encouragement, challenge. Those who are here this morning who um, just have questions or even come with some level of doubt. I pray for those, Lord, who come here in complacency. They've heard this story so many times. What new does it have to offer? Pray for those who are here with joy. Those who um, in their lives just know the presence of Christ and live in gratitude. I pray, Father, that you meet us all wherever it is that we are. And then, Lord, what we do this morning and what we learn, how we grow, you might be glorified. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, um, we're speaking of hope, and I hope you heard that acronym. He, uh, he's on planet Earth. That's how we're thinking about the four sections, the four next Sundays of hope. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the H that stands for He's. And we're talking about Jesus, and to do that, we're going to look at John 1, 1 verse 5. We're going to begin with the first two verses, if you want to turn in your Bibles there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So to start this passage, we get this idea of Christ being eternal. And I don't know about you, but so often when I think about Jesus, I have in the past thought of him showing up really only in 
the New Testament. He shows up when the story of the incarnation comes. He shows up in the proclamation of the angel to Elizabeth and to Mary and Zechariah, and then eventually you get the census and Luke chapter 2, you get the, the stable and all that sort of stuff, and then Mary goes in labor, and Mary's in labor, and suddenly Jesus comes into the story. And that's the first time that he shows up. But if you dig deep into the word of God and dig deep into the, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, and even if you hear the teaching of the New Testament and how it helps us understand what the, what the Trinitarian, the, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit really are, you discover Christ has been present with the Father since the beginning, with the Spirit since the beginning. They are the Trinitarian God who is eternal in and of themselves. This passage affirms that. He was in the beginning with God. But you know what else speaks it very, very strongly? And perhaps you haven't you know, really considered this. I'm sure many of you had have turned with your Bibles to the very first page of the, uh, of the story in Genesis chapter 1. It says there, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So we certainly have the Father present. We have the Spirit present. And then we get this next passage that says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God did what? He spoke. And what did he speak? A word. God spoke the word. And especially as we dig deeper into this passage, we're going to find that Christ is identified as the source of both light and life. The beautiful part about this John chapter 1 passage is that it connects us deeply and integrally with Genesis chapter 1 and is in a sense the fullness of the answer. How did God create? God created with the Spirit present through the Word that created light and life. That's pretty powerful stuff. And it tells us that right from the beginning of the story that the Christ is present. Now sure, there's a fullness that comes in the incarnation. Bethlehem is the fullness of God's activity through Jesus Christ the Son in his creation. But it doesn't mean that that's all that Christ has ever done. In fact, this reminds us that without him, there's very little. In fact, there's nothing. Let's keep digging. Verse 3. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. There is no creation. There is nothing that exists without Jesus. Because Jesus himself is the source of life. And I think actually this, this speaks to a connection to the crucifixion. That if Jesus is the source of life, it is because somewhere in time, in that space at Golgotha, he was crucified and he died 
and he was buried, but what happened next? He was risen to new life. If there is going to be someone who is the giver and the source of life, it better be the one who has the victory over the only enemy of life, and that is death. We're seeing here that all life and all of creation comes to us through the only one who can offer it in its fullness, especially for us who are mortal beings who ultimately experience death. We can only know life through Jesus. That's one of the, uh, uh, the truths of the gospel. That the world can tell you there's lots of ways to God. There's lots of ways to experience the life that gets you close to him and in his presence. And you can, quote unquote, get to heaven a lot of different ways. And what we're hearing here is that, no, the he of hope, Jesus, is the only and if we miss that, and if the world misses that, and if we're not proclaiming that powerfully and abundantly, and, and with, with all the truth that it has, then friends, we're not giving people life. We're offering them something else. We're offering them a counterfeit, and we're missing it. See, it's, that's the thing. Um, you know, we, we look at, um, how many of you ever gone to a ma magic show? Anyone gone to a magic show? Okay, if you've gone to a magic show, um, you know, sometimes those magic shows, they'll show some really cool things. You know, all of a sudden an elephant will disappear, like if you go to Vegas, or a lion or a tiger, if they're not like eating the magician, which has happened before, then they're, they're disappearing off of the stage or something crazy has happened um, that, they, that they show and everyone goes, ooh, and ah, that was amazing. But there's a problem is that in that if you see... Um, shows and there are shows that are out there and you can see them on, on YouTube and stuff that show what it is that happens behind the scenes to make the magic happen. It's not really magic. It's just something else. It's sleight of hand. It's a trick of smoke and mirrors and misdirection. All of a sudden, the magic is gone and it's just some little trick. When we look at the story of creation and the story of Jesus, what we're seeing is that it is not a trick. It is the magic of incredible things, unexplainable things, things beyond our comprehension or understanding happening because simply of who Jesus is. And that's the beauty of what we have been given in Jesus Christ is it's beyond anything that this world can ever offer. This world can give you magic. You can go to Disney during Christmas and you're going to hear the magic of Disney at Christmas. And what you find out is it's not magic at all. It's light, it's smoke, it's all the other stuff. The magic of Christmas is that you and I know life in Jesus. The magic of Christmas is that all things have their fullness in Jesus. And without him, there is nothing. The hope is the he of Christmas. Christ is life, verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
We're connecting that again to Genesis chapter 1. In him was a life. That life comes when God speaks in Genesis chapter 1. He breathes the ruah, the spirit. Old Testament Hebrew, ruah. He breathes the spirit into mankind and life comes. That life is Jesus. In fact, here's what I want to say. You and I, our life is the image of God that we have in us. That when we talk about us being image bearers, and if you want to see that, it's the end of Genesis chapter 1. It says, and God created, God created them, man and woman, he created them in his image, he created them. The image of God is the light and the life of Jesus that dwells within us. And the beautiful part is that all of humanity carries it. Every single person in all of humanity carries the image of God, which means that our job becomes connecting the image of God that's within them to their understanding in such a way that they can grab on to the light and the life of Jesus for the first time. And beautiful part is, is that this is one of the best times of year to be able to do that. When I said to these kids, bring somebody to the Christmas party who is your neighbor, it's because they're already in the mode of Christmas. They're going to a Christmas parade. It means they are speaking the name of Christ, Christmas, into one of their activities. They are, even in in a counterfeit way, connecting with the image of God within them. And the beautiful part about what we're doing down there at Red Hills Park is we are taking the counterfeit and making it real because we're going to say, yeah, Santa Claus, that's a cool story. By the way, Santa Claus is a a um, historical figure. He actually, the thing that he, the gift that he gave was that he fought against heresy. I can tell you the story sometimes. So Saint Nick is a real person in church history. And that's a good story. But the real story is him. Is him, Christ, the cross, the light, the life, the Godhead coming to earth incarnationally in the flesh so that we might have life. Seems like it's going really fast. Sorry. Verse 5. Maybe for you it doesn't feel that way. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome it. We gain a better view of creation when we understand this. When we understand that there is light that has come to a dark and broken world, we know Genesis chapter 3 We know that Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, and so there is darkness. And now we have already, in the image of Jesus, we have a light that comes in the image bearers of God. So that light of Christ is carried with all of humanity, even in the Old Testament, but it doesn't come in its fullness. The light of Jesus is carried in the image bearers of God through all the Old Testament, but we don't get it. It's not clear. There's this, there's this struggle that we have in understanding how that shows itself. It's why the Old Testament is what it is. People constantly getting it wrong, not quite getting it right. God says, obey me. They can't do it. 
God says, serve the poor, care for the widowed and the orphaned, feed the hungry, go do all these things. And God's people can't do it. The light is within them, but the world is enough that it stops their light from shining. And then Jesus comes. And in the fullness of who Christ is, in his light, shown through him in the incarnation, his fullness of humanity, fullness of deity, coming to earth in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, the whole story, then suddenly we as image bearers of God who carry the light of Christ can connect with that life in a new way, and it changes the story. And for us to be people who proclaim that to the world around us, changing their story, you have the life and the light of God already in you. You just need to grab it and get it. It doesn't mean that everyone is a God. It means there's only one God. But it does mean that as image bearers of God, we carry that. And for us to be people who, to the people around us, to the neighbors who are broken, and you see their brokenness in their lifestyle and the way they act, to family members who are lost and have walked away from the church and from God, to, to different people at work who you wonder, will they ever get it? It just seems they're on this vicious cycle of making the same mistakes over and over and again. For, you to, uh, for us to say, you have the light of Jesus in you. And for us to find that way that they can understand, you have the light of Jesus in you. He is already present for you to grab hold of that light, that image of God that is within you, and connect it to the fullness of who he is saying, I believe this. It's real. I have been you have been made by Jesus because nothing has been made that has been made without him and that he has brought all light and life so every one of you carry it for you to be able to connect it and simply say I believe brings that power together in a way that transforms all of our world salvation comes Hope comes, purpose comes, everything else comes that is offered to us in Christ when we are able to make that connection. That's why he is so important. That's why without Jesus, this is just nice, pretty celebration stuff. That if we are all about the warmth and the fun, and the colors, and the decorating. And by the way, we got folks who knocked it out of the park, right? We know that. And we have people who can bring the beautiful music to Christmas. But if that's what this is all about, then the light is dim, and the light is lost. And the hope that we long for that comes in him is just some sentimentality based in nothing except worldly warmth. The he of Advent is so fundamental that friends, since this is the time of year that we can proclaim it, then let's proclaim it. Then let's speak it. And we've made it easy for you. 
We've, we've created, and I won't say we, it's other people besides myself, people like Terry and Jill and Mark and others you see up here as well as others working behind the scenes. We have given you an opportunity that is very easy to make an invite to. We're giving you a Christmas parade. We're giving you hot chocolate. We're giving you Ole Ballin. And by the way, all of that serves nothing if it's not about Jesus. So when you come, it's going to be all about Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus. It won't be long. It won't be, I'm not going to punch anyone in the face with Jesus. But I am going to share that this is the light within you. This is the hope within you. And without this hope, all this other stuff is just stuff. And the problem is, January 1 comes and it all comes down and it all goes away. And so the stuff that you put your hope for, it is, it gone. it's gone. Jesus never is. He stays with you always. Lo, I will be with you. Those are the words of Jesus, not of God, the Father, of Jesus the Son. Lo, I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. He's never going to leave. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to let you go. Friends, in, this is an invitation. Bring your friends. Bring family. Bring those who need to hear the hope of the gospel. Share a hot chocolate with them. Be only born there. But make sure that somehow or other, throughout, if it's not that night, it's some other night, throughout this Advent season, that they hear of the hope that comes to them through Jesus Christ. And without him, they're missing it. Let's pray together. Father, equip us to that end. That we might people who offer the invitation of Christ to those who need to hear it. That we might have the courage to speak of Christ that we might have um, the boldness to speak of Christ, that we might have the love for another to tell them of Jesus. And sometimes, Lord, that love is what motivates us. We long for them to have the best thing. I pray that you grow our love for others enough in our hearts and our minds that we have that longing that we can't wait to share with them the hope of Advent. We can't wait to talk with them about Jesus. Equip us to that end. Challenge us to that end. May we look around our world this week and try to find that person, those people, that family, that friend who would be open and willing to be a part of something, Lord, that can change their present and change their eternity. Lord, that's what you're, you're going to do in us. We ask that you do it today. In Christ we pray, amen.